0: This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast with NFL insiders Brian Baldinger and Jason LaCanfora, an Odyssey Sports Original.
1: Welcome to the Week 16 Christmas edition of Baldy's Breakdowns. We come to you, as always, courtesy of our friends at Odyssey, and we thank all you guys for tuning in and urge you, as always, rate, review, Give us feedback on Spotify, iTunes, uh, the Odyssey app, wherever you get um, this podcast. And we appreciate you, as always, for tuning in. I am Jason Lockenfor at Jason Lockenfor on Twitter. I get to spend uh, the next 35-ish minutes talking football with my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL as we now get. To the nitty-gritty of the NFL expanded schedule, the 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 new and improved 17-game season. We are getting to do or die for several teams, uh, and still, amazingly, Baldy, this playoff picture almost entirely up in the air. A few things nailed down, but not much.
0: Well, a couple teams that had chances last week to really nail down spots, like the Arizona Cardinals, couldn't do it. Yes. So it just it it just gets extended. And it I thought that game of Arizona who had been undefeated on the road, Jason, goes into Detroit and the Lions look like a team going to the playoffs the way they played. They played inspired good football. And Arizona looks like they lost their way, losing their second in a row, and they did not look good along the way doing it. And so, so no. though you know, you know, is it an aberration? Is it a sign of things to come? Is it who they are? All those questions are in the air. Um, When you lose two in a row at this time of the year and you have been cruising along, mm-hmm. uh, the sky might not be falling, but there's certainly doubts. And um, I, I, the coaches and players can say one thing, but I've been in those locker rooms when that happens and you have questions. And so a lot of questions remain, but a lot to be determined, a lot of football to be played. And the way, uh, the way covid is spreading it's Whoa, spreading these man. games around to just about every single day and who's playing and who's not playing who's up who's not up um, you know teams are playing with quarterbacks that were on other teams rosters a, a week ago it seems like an awfully unfair advantage at yep. times uh and it will continue to be that way it's just it's, it's the world we're in right now and nobody is is uh is making any excuses but they're <laughs> But, but you are going to play. Obviously, they're going to play these games, Jason, yep. regardless of the situation.
1: Yep, no doubt about that, Baldy. And the variables, as you noted, are off the charts in terms of these COVID situations can fluctuate wildly from team to team, from day to day. And we are going to hit on uh, the Arizona Cardinals here and where we think they're going. They play a huge game with the surging Colts. Can the Ravens get off the mat after three straight heartbreaking losses? They face a Bengals team that we're wondering, can they close it out? Do, do they have that knockout punch in them as a young team to win that division? And oh, by the way, the Steelers refuse to die in the AFC North as well. We've got a rematch from a couple weeks ago, the Patriots and the Bills. What will that look like the second time around? How do Tom Brady and the, uh, the, the sideline uh, device <laughs> chucking Tampa Bay Bucks respond to getting blanked by the Saints. They've got the, the uh, struggling Panthers this week, and then we will finish talking about a very interesting Rams-Vikings game that Baldy's going to see up close with his own eyes. But let's let's uh, dig in on this Cardinals situation a little bit here, Baldy. I watched way more of that game than I thought <laughs> I would in real time because – I found myself astonished from series to series, how professional grade the Lions looked, and how lost, uh, uninspired, navel gazing the the Cardinals looked. It wasn't just the final score, Baldy. You watched it from series to series, and when it was crunch time for the Cardinals, it looked like a team from coach to player that had no answers. This is a Lions defense that in goal to go situations and in mm-hmm. the red zone had been a complete disaster all year, and Kyler Murray. Didn't have a whole lot of confidence in those situations. The body language of that team was off. And I know they get asked after the game about, you know, is this year different than last year when you collapsed? And they say it is. But I don't know, Baldy. It smells about the same to me.
0: Well, I got to give Aaron Glenn a lot of credit. You're the defense coordinator of the Lions, first of all. Um, a lot of the reasons why it was 17-0 at the half, Jason, was his blitz calls. I mean, they were getting to Kyler Murray. Boy, queen, Harris was everywhere. Queen. Harris was everywhere. Charles Harris was uh, was all over the place. As a you know, I mean, the best game I've ever seen him play. A former first round pick of the Dolphins, but he was all over the place. But the blitz calls were getting to Kyler Murray, and really Arizona didn't have an answer for it. You know, they they played a lot of zero coverage, took their chances, and Arizona could not you know, you know make them pay for those type of blitzes. And so credit the Lions, but you know these. When you when you look like you're in the middle of a collapse and it happened the year before, you can't help but say, is this who the Arizona Cardinals are? Yep. It doesn't really matter what we saw early in the year when they just wiped up the Los Angeles Rams or any other games. Like when you, you your eyes just, you, you can't think back three months to how they looked or two months ago, how they looked. This is who they are right now. And I don't know how they're going to get out of this swoon? Um, because I didn't see anybody making a play on defense, uh-uh. you know. And then sometimes that's how it has to—it has to get triggered by another part of your team, you know. Whether it's Buddha Baker or Chandler Jones or somebody, you know, has got to trigger that uh, that reversal. And I, I I couldn't identify a defensive no. player that was doing that. And and so it's it, it's a team thing. It's not just you know Kyle Murray in the offense right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I certainly have some reservations about them. Um, and, and you look at any of their splits with DeAndre Hopkins and without, it's it's like two different teams.
0: Well, he, he certainly the the safety blanket and the safety net for Kyler Murray. There's no question. I mean, uh, you know, when I look at Antoine Wesley, he's not that guy. I mean, he's taking his place, but he's not the guy that Kyler Murray's going to go to on third down red zone when they need a score. I mean, that ball was going to DeAndre Hopkins for every bit of the last two seasons. So, that's not happening. And so, A.J. Green is not that guy. I mean, he's a decent number two or three right now. Um, And Christian Kirk isn't that guy. So, it looks like, you know, the answer is for Kyler Murray to start moving and get on his horse. And he couldn't make plays, you know, when he was running the other day. So, it's, uh, you know, it's not a situation where you can go, okay, Indianapolis – is coming to the desert with ten days of rest or nine days of rest playing right. on Christmas night um, and bringing a team that is just chock full of confidence. I mean, when you look at this matchup, when you you know, it's it's, it's one thing when you throw all these stats out there, Jason, we can kind of get a little mind boggled by some of it, but sure. when you lead the league in takeaways, you lead the league in takeaways. And when you watch how they do it, the Colts, with 30, 32 of them now, Like they're punching the ball out, and it's not just Darius Leonard, it's other guys that do the same thing. When you look at the interceptions that they're getting, whether it's Bobby Okareke or Darius Leonard or Kenny Moore, or you look at the pressure that they're applying, I mean, they're that defense expects to take the ball away. Yes. They just do. And so you you go in there saying, This is who they are, you gotta be careful. I mean, nobody does that better than the Patriots, and they lost three in that game, you know, on Thursday night. So uh And then, you know, when you have the league's leading rusher, it's interesting to me, Jason, that everybody knows, including the Patriots who saw him last, like if you take Jonathan Taylor away, you have a good chance of stopping the Colts. Well, nobody can do it. And that's a mark of a great player in any sport. You know, whether it's Michael Jordan or, you know, whoever it is, um, you know, whether it's a great hitter, like, okay, or it's a great pitcher, like if we can just get him out of the lineup, We'll, we'll we'll win this game. Well, everybody knows Jonathan Taylor is the guy that you have to stop to beat the Colts, and teams can't stop him right now because they're really good up front, and he's a great runner. And then teams do things like attack the line of scrimmage, and they put themselves out of position when he breaks a tackle where he goes 67 yards to close out a game like he did against the Patriots.
1: Well, let's take it back to that Thursday night game. Baldy, who's better? than Bill Belichick at eliminating the other team's main thing. Like, that's pretty much the primary tenet of his Hall of Fame defensive coordinator slash head coaching career, right? I mean, and there was no doubt who the main guy is with Indianapolis. And they couldn't stop him.
0: I think Carson Wentz threw like seven passes. He was like five
1: of 12 for 57 yards. They weren't even pretending. They weren't even pretending to go play action
0: or anything. Nothing. No, it was none of that. And, you know, and look, it's a 2017 game. There's, you know, two-plus minutes to go, and they got to stop Jonathan Taylor. And both Dante Hightower and Devin McCourty overrun the play. The Colts do a good job of sealing everybody else, and he makes a cut against those, you know, two players that were supposed to be right there. And he goes 67 yards to pay dirt. And what happens is, I mean, you can see it, though, Jason. I don't know how many carries. I think he had 29 maybe yeah, something. Yeah. 29 carries. like. I don't care who you are. You get tired of tackling that guy. Like he's, he's hitting you and he's driving you. And all of a sudden you're grabbing and you're not, you know, you're not standing in front of him. And I'm not accusing Dante Hightower of not wanting to tackle him or Devin McCourty, but on the 29th carry, like he sealed the deal and they were in a position to stop him right there on second and 10. And he, he closed it out. And so, you know, New England looked like a lot of other teams. When this guy gets north of, you know, 22, 23 Mm -hmm. carries, he's going to get a big run in the fourth quarter. It happens almost every game.
1: Yeah, and I I tend to think the Colts are going to be able to play some bully ball here with the Cardinals, and if they stick with it, and we know Frank Reich will, maybe they find some joy again. New England, winning streak over. That might not be the worst thing in the world, though, Baldy, right? Probably some teachable moments. You come down off your high horse a little bit, and now they face a Buffalo Bills team the Patriots embarrassed in Buffalo a couple of weeks ago in that win game where Bill Belichick made no pretense about throwing the football. I remember you, you were you were pissed off. They chucked it a couple times at the end. It yeah. looked yeah. like they might only have one attempt um, and win
0: handily. How do you size up this rematch? Well, it looked like the you know, one thing about what Buffalo did last week, I know it wasn't much of a contest, you know, but they at least after that New England game, They decided that it was important to run the football. And in the game uh, against Carolina, Devin Devin Singletary ran it 22 times. Uh, You know, Josh Allen's always going to get a few runs, whether it's Mm -hmm. scrambles or design runs. I mean, he's just too good. But they gave it to Devin Singletary against a pretty good defensive front of Carolina 22 times. And I think, you know, Sean McDermott just looked at that that game against the Patriots and said, regardless of the weather or, you know, the game plan, whatever, we, we've got to try to run the ball. It's good for our offensive line. It's good for our quarterback. It's good for our defense, you know, to just play a different style than just trying to put it in Josh Allen's hands every single play like they did against the Patriots. And so I look for them to do that. I don't know how much success they'll have. They're not a great run blocking team. But I, I do think they'll make a better commitment to it. And I think it's good for the whole team when they do. Uh, like I said, you know, Carolina's not New England. But they're a formidable group. They got a lot of first and second round picks on that defense. Guys that, you know, play a pretty good brand. Matt Rule is, you know, a pretty defensive minded guy. So I I think they'll play a much different style of game. And then it's, the question is, you know, we know that Mac Jones is going to throw it more than three times. We know that they're not going to just – just stay with the run like they did. So we know it's going to be a different game plan. Can Buffalo's defense, which is very good, even minus their best player, Tredavious White, it's still a very good defense. Can they keep the score down and and make this a much more competitive game? I think they will uh, in this rematch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, there's cliches, there's old adages, but it's still football. Beating a team twice in three weeks tends to be pretty difficult. Especially when they're two quality teams,
0: it is, it is, and and uh, you know division games. You know, I always say this: like the reason why these division games, they know each other so well. They see their cut ups every week. You know, I mean, New England sees Buffalo uh, against them, against Carolina. You know, all the recent games, they see them. Yeah, all the common you know, against opponent. Indianapolis yeah. Colts. I mean, they're all they're all right in front. The last four weeks, they're all there. So I think that's part of it, but. Yeah, it 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 is, it is difficult, uh, but I do think the fact that the Patriots got handled the way they did in the recent game against Indianapolis is, I don't think nothing could be better in some ways because Belichick will, you know, they'll just refocus back to how you're supposed to play the game, the fundamentals, attacking the line of scrimmage, you know, just run blocking. Just the the basics, lowering your pad level and in uh, run block on the offensive line. Uh, I just think they'll get back to better the basics, and I think New England is going to rebound in this game. I think you'll see a much better um, technique and fundamentally sound mm-hmm. team than what we saw against the Colts. The the fact that New
1: England did that to them, though, they pretty much played one handed. Told you we're going to play one handed, and still embarrassed you in your place does that mentally psychologically how big of a factor is that because as you just noted this will probably be a different very different game plan and mac jones will be asked to do more but both these teams know that when you when everybody knew we were running on you last time we ran it on you last time
0: well you remember the post-game press conference when jordan poyer and michael hyde walked out when the when somebody asked them about is this embarrassing. And so you know that that means that the players are just taking it personal, which they should. And 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 great players take everything personal. So if that's the questions that were answered asked them, and then that was sort of the reaction of what people thought, boy, that's embarrassing. You're going to get the best effort from Buffalo. And these are prideful professional players that have had to deal with New England uh, and their success against them over the last, you know, ever since any of those guys have been in the league, I think Buffalo, uh, you know, is. I would imagine that this would be a very focused team. It's for the division, basically, um, and so I'd say you're going to see Buffalo's best shot. Well, whatever Buffalo could be in the postseason, mm-hmm. providing they get there, which we we do believe they'll get there. Yeah. But I, but w- this is. What I think we're going to see, we're going to see this Buffalo team in the postseason, regardless of who they get matched up against.
1: Well, Baldy, let's stay in the AFC and move to the north now. And you mentioned the word pride. Um, There's a lot of pride in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. There always has been. This is not a good football team. They've got one of the worst net touchdown differentials in the AFC, meaning they've given up like seven, eight more touchdowns than they've scored. Um, they don't pass the ball, uh, with any explosion. They don't run the ball a lick. They're not really good stopping the run. They do have a couple of individuals on defense who will wreck your day. If you let them, um, they don't really look, I don't know the last time they played a complete football game, Baldy. I mean, I don't know if they have all year. They have 160 yards of offense for the game. They're down, uh, 13, three at halftime. Tennessee is, is doing whatever it wants the Steelers end up winning a a turnover margin four to nothing and win this football game to save their season yet again I maybe it does come back to pride because they've had a lot of former players and and people associated with that organization questioning them and every time they do these guys bow up and win a game you don't think they're going to win
0: it's an amazing group I mean what TJ Watt cam Hayward Joe Hayden especially minka Fitzpatrick did I mean the Steelers got four fumbles in that game recovered four fumbles and they couldn't do anything with the ball except kick the Mm-mm. field goal yeah, yeah. Yeah. they got 12 points no, I mean out, it's unbelievable they out, got four out, they got four beautiful gifts you know, underneath their tree, and they, you know, they got a good kicker, and they, they turned it into 12 points. It was difference in the game. Offensively, when I watch, you know, Ben right now, I mean, it's it, – it, I can't think of many quarterbacks that look like this at the end. Most get out now before they get yeah. to this place. I mean, he's got he's got two choices. He could throw a go route and hope that Deontay or Claypool catches it. Or, or
1: Baldy, not to cut you off, underthrow it and hope you get a PI call, right? Because that's kind of really. Or what's you get
0: going that, or, or or you throw a screen to, to your back to Najee or to the tight end or, you know, a wide receiver bubble screen. I mean, that's it looks like that's it. Now some of it is, you know, Tennessee's defensive front is sure. is excellent. They're sure. as sure. good as there is with Jeffrey Simmons and Landry. I mean, they they did a number on the offensive line of Pittsburgh in that game. Zach Cunningham came in, gave him a big punch. Uh, at linebacker, he looked like he fit in, looked like he was really happy to get out of Houston uh-huh. in that miserable situation uh, and, and join a, a team that's going to the playoffs and plays great defense. So that was a good acquisition by them. But, you know, Buster Screen, I mean, they they found guys defensively that, that came in and really helped them. But, yeah, when you watch Pittsburgh, I mean, it's amazing that they're in this hunt right now. It's just amazing. And you're right. I mean, they're, very, they're a very limited team. And but you know they're they're right in it right now. And so you know 7-6 and 1 isn't as bad as 7 and 7. It's not quite as good as 8 and 6. And that's one game separates four teams in that division right now. They know it and they can have ugly losses to Cincinnati and some of the other teams that they, you know, got whipped by, but it doesn't matter. Like if they if they can find a way this weekend, you know, to to you know, answer the bell here against Kansas city. I, I I mean, it'd be, it'd be as big a shock to me as, I mean, I nobody in Pittsburgh is going to like this, but it's, to me, it's as big a shock as what Detroit just did to Arizona. If Kansas city, now I understand Kansas city might be without some of their stars and that might level the playing field a little bit, Jason, but if they find a way to beat Kansas city, they're going to the playoffs. Yeah. And, and Baldy, that's the thing. Um, we just don't know what's going to happen with
1: COVID between now and then. And when you we've seen in recent weeks, teams get five, six, seven guys on that list. It's tended to continue to jump and go in a different direction. So um, we'll see which version of the Chiefs we get this weekend. Um, the We got a weird version of the Browns staying in the AFC North against the Raiders. Um, you know, Nick Mullins coming in there. Just a weird ending to the game. Uh, Ultimately, the Browns don't win. They were still heavily compromised from a roster and coaching standpoint, even pushing that game back. Um, I have my reservations about the Cleveland Browns at at this point. At least to me, Baldy, it it doesn't feel like their breakthrough year.
0: Well, Greedy Williams gets an interception, you know, with two and a half minutes to go in the game, and it looks like they're going to put it on ice with a slim lead. 14 13, and they give it to Nick Chubb three times in a row. And behind a makeshift offensive line, um, the Raiders, you know, snuffed them out, forced another punt, and Derek Carr made some throws, you know, in the final minute and got themselves in, you know, in position for a Carlson field goal. So it was a crazy finish to the game. I, I never count the Cleveland Browns out. I mean, they went to the playoffs with a bunch of COVID situations last year against Pittsburgh and um, you know, without Stefanski and without a mm-hmm. bunch of their coaches and they found a way they're still in this thing. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. It certainly would be a lot better if they had one of their two guys in there playing yeah. right now. Um, that would help a great deal. It'd be good to get some of their tackles back. That would help a great deal. I mean, yes. you go on and on and on. Um, they become a much different team. So uh, I, I, I'm just not ready to count anybody out in the AFC North. I said, From August, Jason, that I thought Cincinnati was the best team in Mm -hmm. that division. Yep. I still think they're the best team in that division. I think they're the healthiest team in that division. Yet, I think they still sometimes think they're just the old Bengals. Mm -hmm. The way they have this inability to finish. And maybe they don't think they're as good as they are deep down. Maybe they think that they're still the Bengals. The way they kind of foiled that game against San Francisco two weeks ago. And And the Chargers game the the week before that the Chargers game the week before that like maybe they don't know how to finish yet and despite the talent level and despite um you know all the upgrades that they've made on this team Trey Hendrickson and Ogan Job I mean just go on and on and on uh, and and they're healthy like they should be the best team in this division right now yeah yet uh you know they're they're not running away with it and they've got work to do this weekend they host the
1: Baltimore Ravens Baldy, We're talking a month ago, and it's like, boy, I don't know how good the Ravens are, but they find ways to win games. And, you know, somebody comes and makes a play at the end, whether it's Lamar or the kicker. And, you know, they're sitting here at at eight and three, and you got to respect their hustle. Now they're sitting here at eight and six. They have lost three straight games by a total of four points. They have botched a two point conversion in all of those games and made some. Um, questionable decisions about whether or not to kick the ball on fourth down. John Harbaugh's under fire um, in this town, although I got to tell you living here because they've been this aggressive for this long in terms of Harbaugh's mindset, people here are kind of split 50-50 on this whole go for two all the time thing. But I can tell you this, Baldy, they ha- they are two for eight this year on two-point conversions. Um, They have – uh, tried the second most two point conversions in the NFL, third third most in the league, second most mm-hmm. total. Jets and the Cowboys have tried nine. No team has thrown the ball more than five times on two point conversions this year, except for the Ravens, who have thrown it seven of their eight. Well, attempts. don't
0: these just run? Don't they
1: just throw the same play? The last three, it's a rollout to the right side to Andrews Baldy. Their last six two point attempt targets are Mark Andrews. When you see Darnell Savage. Leave deep middle at the back of the end zone and sprint thirty five yards on a dot to the tight end at the at the the, the pylon to his left to break up that play. Um, he didn't have to be a genius to figure it out. All he had to do is watch cut ups of their previous seven two point
0: conversions. Yeah. Um, I don't know what John's fear of going to overtime is against these teams. I don't either. Like Tyler Huntley couldn't have played any better than than he played. Nobody could have predicted how well he played, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah. When they needed when they were down 31-17. Nobody could have predicted two scramble run touchdowns by bringing the team down the field. Like I don't know what I don't know what the fear was against Pittsburgh to go to overtime. Like, I understand it's the fifth quarter. It's late in the season. They've got 20 plus on his reserve, but they're getting a couple running backs healthy. You know, Latavius Murray is back. And, you know, yeah. I'm not saying he's what he was, you know, in the preseason, or whatever, but they're getting some guys back. Um, they drafted Ben Cleveland to be a starting guard yep. in this league. Like, you know, I mean, they, I know it's Aaron Rodgers on the other side. And if you lose the coin toss, you know, you might be just, but you're at
1: home and you were down 31-17 with your backup quarterback and now you've got that defense on the ropes.
0: There's no doubt. There's no doubt that, uh, you know, that Tyler Huntley just had his way with that defense. So I just don't – I don't understand. Like, I know he kind of pulled the team. I didn't listen to the soundbite, yeah, but, you know, yeah. I, I know there's one out yeah. there. Like, what do you think, guys? Should we do it? And, I mean, almost every player is always going to say yes. If you ask – I mean, any time there was a fourth down in one – when I played for twelve years, Jason, of course I wanted you want to, to go, go for, it. for it. Yes, always. I mean, players are always going to be on the aggressive side, um, just because that's their mindset. Yeah, let's let's attack, let's go for it. But it's not, doesn't mean it's the right decision, right? Uh, and so, you know, I don't know. You know, John is the head coach, and he delegates for a reason. Like he he's in charge of those decisions. I I just I just don't understand quite the fear about what nope. overtime is to him. And how he has to get it settled on a two point, which I don't know. You're what not good at. It. I don't know what the league wide percentage is 49.6. Okay. So it's 50 50. All right. Um, the Ravens are 25%. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, it's not a great percentage for me. I'd rather no. take my chances in overtime. No, I'm, I am. Um, I am. And I'm not playing Monday morning or Wednesday morning quarterback here on it. I, when I saw the decision, I was at another game, Jason. Yeah. When I saw you know Baltimore scored a thirty-one thirty, and then I saw the final thirty-one thirty without yeah. watching the yeah. game, at that time, and I said they went for two again. They scored, they went for two, and they didn't make it. And I'm like, I'm saying, I know it's Green Bay, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and then I watched it, and I go, and then I watched how well Huntley played. Yep. And I go, I, I just, man, I, I get the feeling that this is a team that has no fear of going down the field and scoring a touchdown and winning the game. Yeah. Tyler
1: Huntley in the fourth quarter of the last two weeks, Baldy, 28 yeah. of 39. That's 72%. 232 yards. It's only 5.95 five per attempt, but but it's effective. One touchdown, no interceptions, a rating of 95.2, six rushes for 45 yards and two touchdowns, 17 first downs. That's the equivalent of one half of work, and you're worried about running a, a gimmick play it goal-to-go passing where you suck rather than, than just allow yourself to get back on schedule and try to win the game in the extra frame. I, I, I'm with you. Um, it's one thing if you're running RPOs, if you're running option plays, and they have to at least defend the threat of the quarterback's feet. But I, I don't know. It could be the difference between them going to the playoffs and not. Baldy, the last time the Bengals and the Ravens met week seven in Baltimore yeah. –
0: uh, 28
1: unanswered points for the Cincinnati yep. Bengals. Uh, they spread that defense out. They, they played a ton of three wide, which they play the second most three wide in the league. Uh, only uh, Zach Taylor's mentor, Sean, uh, Sean McVay plays more with the Rams. And now the Ravens have no cornerbacks. And this game is in Cincinnati and not Baltimore and Baltimore doesn't get a pass rush, and Justin Houston and Pernell McFear on the COVID list as we speak, and Adafé Always' season ended around November because he seems to have hit the rookie wall. How
0: do you see this one? Well, despite what you said about the Ravens, like you can't ever count them out, and I was there right. Week Seven. I saw that forty-one burger that Cincinnati put up. It was also the high water mark for Jamar Chase and yes. his rookie season. He doesn't really play like that anymore i mean he did have two touchdowns against san francisco i'm not gonna say he hasn't found the end zone but they're not throwing a whole lot of go routes to him um he's had some drops um which to me is pretty concerning because they they seem to be contested type catches and traffic where he does that uh they don't look like they're running the ball the way they were running the ball against uh the raiders and the steelers yep, yep. a month ago uh they have You know, they're on their third right tackle right now, maybe out of necessity. I'm not making any excuses. They're a pretty healthy football team. Yeah, But they, they, you know, they're just not finishing real strong right now. Losing to the Chargers and, you know, the way that they did and losing to the 49ers the way they did. Um, Even last week, you know, kind of a struggle. But they're a better football team right now. Just from a health standpoint, they're a better team. They have to, they have to, they're, they're at home. All those things favor the Bengals, but I, I don't know, Jason, you probably have the stat. I don't know the last time Cincinnati beat Baltimore twice in a season. Yeah.
1: Like, it's, it's I, I can't imagine it. It, it's yeah.
0: happened, you know, many times period. Yeah. But that's what you know, but this, this, this basically is maybe for the division title here. Yep. Uh, and so there's so much to play for. It doesn't guarantee anything. Um I don't know what Lamar's status is at this point, but yeah. if yeah. Tyler Huntley has to play, I don't have any fear of him no. Uh, no. You know, being able to go in there and play well uh, after what I just watched.
1: No, I'm with you. Um, obviously, we're recording this Wednesday. Uh, I expect Lamar Jackson to do more in practice than he did a week ago, but I don't expect him to be full go every day. And uh, John Harbaugh will have an interesting decision to make this weekend. Well, Baldy, one of the enduring images... Of week 15 of the 2021 NFL season for me will always be Tom Brady sitting in a pool of his own frustration on the bench late in that game against the Saints looking at plays on his uh, tablet and then whipping that thing behind him. Yeah, uh, some teams just have some teams numbers and the yeah. Saints clearly are in the Bucks' heads.
0: Well. I mean first of all I guess you have to go back to 2006 and since Tom Brady team had been shut out but you know that shutout was it, it seemed it felt like it was even uglier than a shutout you know between them their ability to move Brady off his spot which led to a fumble and an interception um and that's part of their key to the Saints success beating them you know the last four times in the regular yeah. season uh, has been able to take the ball away, uh, consistently. How Cam Jordan can beat Tristan Worse, and it doesn't seem like anybody else can beat Tristan Worse in this business at right tackle. But, mm-hmm. but regardless, I mean, that, that, uh, as much as New Orleans struggled on offense, defensively, they have no fear of playing Tom Brady, no fear of playing that offense. Uh, and, and like the, the, the one guy that they went to more than anybody else was Gronk. And they completely eliminated Gronk. I mean, they threw to him 11 times. He caught two passes for 20 something yards. Uh, he, and, and they defended him in so many different ways, whether it was Malcolm Jenkins or by zone or, you know, uh, by bracket, whatever they took Gronk out of the game. And that really frustrated Brady, especially when they lost Evans and, you know, and Godwin and, you know, whatnot and Leonard Fournette. But, uh, that was it. Felt worse than the shutout that it was, which led to you know Brady's reaction. You know, there was nothing on that tablet that he didn't already know, <laughs> right. that he didn't already see firsthand. Like the tablet was just going to remind him of how ugly it looked and how bad they looked.
1: Yeah, um, it would want to be something if they met again in the playoffs. And and with the way that Saints defense plays and their ability to run the ball now, who knows? Um, Tampa gets Carolina two times in the final three weeks. Uh, that could be just what the doctor ordered for the Bucs. And for those who didn't hear previously, uh, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin out for the year for the Bucs. Um, but here comes Antonio Brown back off the suspended list to help them out at wide receiver. baldy will wrap this thing up with a critical NFC clash that you will yep. see with your own eyes calling the game, Rams, Vikings, Minnesota, a helter-skelter team from week to week. You really don't know what to expect. Um, And then the Rams appear perhaps, especially if they can get on the other side of this COVID thing, to be finding their sea legs again at just the right time. Is Cooper Cup just indefensible? It's It's nuts. It's nuts. It's like he's a magnet, and the ball just – it's going to go to him. doesn't matter if there's four things around him. It's going to end up in his hands.
0: I mean, Seattle had been playing pretty good defense, and they had no answer for Cooper Cup on Tuesday night. I mean, he now has – I think I'm right with this, Jason. He now has 122 catches and 14 touchdowns for like 1,625 yards. I mean, Calvin Johnson's records – Michael Thomas's records, like these things are all, um, you know, touchdown catches in a season, Randy Moss, I don't know if he can get to 23, but like he's going to shatter every Ram record and a lot of records this year. And it's, you know, like some of it is good play design. Some of it is great route running. Some of it is Matt Stafford just throwing dimes. Right. Um, but this Minnesota team, they, it's it's hard to believe that a nose tackle, Jason, could make, a difference the way Michael Pierce has made a difference. You know, he tore his tricep early in the season. Tricep or bicep, I forget. But he tore it early in the year, and it looked like he was done for the year. And he didn't play last year. He was a big free agent signing last year. He sat out because of COVID. So he's back on the field. And when you watch the Vikings now, because he can play inside next to Dalvin Thomason, it allows them to move Sheldon Richardson to defensive end who plays really good at it. I mean, he's really fast to begin with and powerful. So they lost to Neil Hunter and Everson Griffin. But if you look at their defensive front now, of Richardson, Pierce, Tomlinson, and DJ Wanham, uh, who's really developing, um, that's a quality defensive front. And it really protects both Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr and Nick Vigil at linebacker. And Patrick Peterson is back, and the safeties are experienced. And you go – Mike Zimmer has all of his pieces that he needs to play good defense. And so I think it's, you know, Minnesota's offense has been pretty good until last week where it just was awful against Chicago. Uh, they, they could not throw the ball at all against Chicago. Uh, part of it was their offensive line got beat up pretty good by Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks and whatnot. But um, I, I think Minnesota, like they have a chance here. they got some tough games. Um, you know, obviously the Rams are going to be tough. They got Green Bay again. They beat them. But, like, they, they can play with the Rams in this game. They can give them everything that they can handle in this game. And so I'm, I'm, anxious. I'm anxious to get to the Twin Cities, to get to the U.S. Bank Stadium, and to see this one at high noon uh, in Minneapolis on the 26th here on Sunday. Because I, I, I think Minnesota can really give them a game. They, they've got everything they need. To be, to to do what mm-hmm. they want to do.
1: Yeah, there's certainly their the path is in front of them to salvage this season, despite all the many crazy ups and downs and quirks um, to to this point. And we'll see if they can take advantage of it because they tend to be their own worst enemy when everything is on the line. Well, we uh, thank you guys as always for listening to us talk ball here at Baldy's. Breakdowns. We can't wait to watch week 16 unfold, and we hope it's as uh, healthy um, and COVID-free as possible, and we wish everyone else out there the same. Um, again, please rate, review, subscribe, give us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast goodness. Um, we will reconvene a week from now uh, as we creep even ever so closer to the playoffs and baldy uh safe travels my friend enjoy the games and look forward to kicking it with you next week
0: merry christmas happy holidays uh jason and uh have a good good safe fun holiday man just enjoy it's family time it's friends uh, let's let's be safe let's enjoy yes and enjoy some good football along the way
1: sounds like a plan happy holidays merry christmas and thank you for listening to baldy's breakdowns